Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. College football week one is upon us. We've got some great games this week. Florida traveling to Utah. South Carolina, North Carolina bringing their rivalry back. LSU and Florida State. And then Clemson and Duke, the Labor Day Monday night game. Head over to Bet Online Sportsbook today and use our promo code BLEAVE. B-L-E-A-V to get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the link in the description to this episode. Bet online where the game starts. All right, well... This is a big day. It's a big day because uh, our friend Razor Rosenthal has returned for season number three, I believe. Is it three or four seasons now that we've been together doing these uh, these fun podcasts and NFL and college football and college basketball? But uh, I'm really, really excited to have Razor back again because uh, he's been a friend of the show for a long time and he, his gambling expertise is second to none. So... Razor, thank you for coming back for another season. Well, I'm uh, excited. Yeah, I appreciate it, Kyle. I think we joined forces in the fall of 21, if I had to guess. That's kind of when, you know, I I got on board with Beer Life Sports, which unfortunately we are no longer together, but I still am in the gambling space. And this would probably be your number three. So let's get it going. Let's have some fun with, uh, with some college and pro football talk. Well, I'll start off out in your neck of the woods because uh, out of nowhere, it would appear that uh, your your little part of the country over there with North Carolina, Duke, NC State, all within a few miles of each other. That's the uh, that's the talk of college football right now. So obviously, I think Duke was the most pleasant surprise, uh, in my opinion, of of all three schools. Uh, You know, you can make an argument for North Carolina really beating up South Carolina, but it was it was Duke uh, who played sound defense, had the more cleaner, quite amazing. Uh, I, I think that Duke Carolina on the football field could be as exciting as on the hardwood. So, yes, some pretty good football in the ACC, led by, I would imagine, the champions, what appears to be the Florida State Seminoles. They looked incredible as well down in Orlando. So uh, we have some hype here in the Carolinas. It's been remarkable how Florida State turned that thing around because I remember two years ago they were losing to, I want to say, Jacksonville State and people were talking about they wanted to fire Norvell, but they couldn't afford to fire Norvell because they were paying multiple buyouts. In two years, they really turned that thing around quickly. And I know Florida State can do that. They just they didn't have the resources for so long. And then the money came back into the program. The buyouts got paid out. And now Florida State's revving like the top program they were for 40 years before the last five or so. Yeah. Good coach. Um, I think it's, it's a matter of, you know, giving this guy some time. I didn't have a ton of faith in Willie Taggart and I don't think many people should anywhere. I mean, Willie had a, maybe one good season at Western Kentucky. I didn't think that warranted the hire down in Tallahassee, but the remarkable turnaround uh, has to be so exciting for a program that is so rich in tradition in Tallahassee. And in my opinion, a pretty clear path to win the ACC. 
There's no Coastal. There's no Atlantic Divisions. It's the top two teams. I really hope for, you know, keepsake and for tradition that it could be Miami versus FSU just to get those, get that rivalry back on track because we all know that conference realignment is going to cripple that in the near future. But, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think Florida State is going to be favored, Kyle, in every game moving forward throughout the fall. They'll probably stumble somehow, somewhere, hopefully against NC State. But other than that, I, I just don't see it happening. I think this team has a chance to go undefeated and maybe a good a good buy-in right now, probably with plus money to get to the college football playoff. Yeah, I'm looking at their schedule. I mean, they have to go on the road to Clemson, which is not the game it was even just a few weeks ago. And then other than that, it's not a whole lot on here. I mean, they play Duke at home, Miami of Florida at home. I think their toughest road game of the year is probably at Pitt, which is not a real difficult contest at all. I think I'm with you. They might end up having a, a perfect 12-0 and season or 13-0 and if you count the conference championship. Yeah, like we sit here today with Clemson probably being the toughest game, you know, and, and that game is in, in, in at Death Valley, if, if I have that right. And I would probably make Florida State on the road about a four-and-a-half-point favorite. So I think there's a path for the Knowles, and I think it's good for college football to have one of these teams – that were darlings from the 90s and 2000s reemerge. It may not matter to the younger folks out there, but the people that are heavily involved with, you know, spending money with college football, going to games, gambling, uh, that is probably around my age from 40 to 50 years old. So we do like to see some of these programs reemerge and Florida State is that darling for this year. I know there's not a ton of great college football this weekend, but from your standpoint, what are the the games, the trends that you have your eye on most? Well, I really like this Alabama-Texas game under. I mean, we saw last year the final score was 2019. I, I think that both offenses really did not look great last week in their game. Um, I, I feel like Alabama is laying a lot of points there to really get excited about putting them in a money line parlay. The value probably isn't quite there. I, I would imagine that it sits at minus 450 or higher. I haven't really looked at it. The first thing I thought about, Kyle, was – putting an under bet for Texas versus uh, Alabama. Uh, typically these games that you prime time, 3.30 or 8 p.m. time slots, 7 p.m. time slots that everybody gets hyped for seem to go under the total. New quarterbacks in place, you know, for Alabama. I, I like the under. I, I would I would encourage people to take a look at that, see where it sits. Uh, obviously, it's probably going in the wrong direction for the under. I think if you got it early on Sunday afternoon or Monday on Labor Day, you're probably on the right side of it, but still lean under Texas, Alabama as probably one of my favorite plays that is not a money line parlay. Um, we'll take a look at some other money line parlays that I that I, I really like this week. Um, I think Wake Forest. I think that Wake Forest, because you know Sam Hartman is not there. Uh, I was not impressed with Vanderbilt game week zero against Hawaii. I think Wake Forest really needs to be in your money line parlay as I think they take down Vanderbilt at home. Uh, probably a value there of minus 400. Utah at Baylor. I think everybody's going against Baylor here. Obviously, a horrific performance against Texas State. Utah beat Florida at home. Utah's going to win the game. I think they will, Kyle. So I kind of like Utah, Wake Forest, Moneyline, Parlay. 
But I am going to sprinkle in Baylor plus eight and a half as well. I just feel like the betting public is absolutely pounding Utah. It's I think it opened at six and a half, now sitting at eight and a half at a lot of books. Give me Utah, Wake Forest, Moneyline Parlay. Give me Baylor on the side at plus eight and a half for a little bit of pizza money. So to update the Texas Alabama, so the over under right now is sitting at 53 and a half. And Alabama on the money line is depending on where you're going, it's somewhere between minus 290 and minus 320 at this point. Oh, wow. So it's lower than it. Yeah, it's lower than I expected. And Kyle, I did not look at the money line again. I may, I may have to because I, I just figured that we were looking at a minus four dollar money line for Alabama way off there. Didn't really have my eye on that because I feel like Texas can win that game and I don't like laying that kind of juice with teams where I feel like they can actually win the game outright. But listen, I got it at 56 on Monday. I'm taking the under. I'm going to live with that call. I feel good about that. And here's some advice to some novice gamblers. If you're like me and you bet the number at 56 and it goes down below 53, take the over. You know, you know, put yourself in a position to middle it and also go one and one. So if you have a two-unit bet on the under, maybe a half a unit on the over to protect that two units – but it has a chance to middle. As long as you're at 52 and a half or below, you really should play the over if you've locked it in at 56 like me. There you go. You uh, you played the long game there, and you've seen the line just start dropping and dropping and dropping on the over-under. Yeah, I did. And I took Iowa State under uh, as soon as it popped up. I got a 37 pop-up on Monday. I mean, traditionally, this game is what, like a, a baseball score? of a three mm-hmm. to one, maybe someone, maybe someone kicks a rouge. I think that's a, something they do in some, in some other form of football. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. I just don't see it happening. I, I really don't. Iowa offense is just like death and taxes. It's a sure thing. It's going to stink. Um, I think Iowa state was the big surprise last week. One of the biggest surprises, Kyle, they were only about a seven and a half point favorite. I think against Northern Iowa, that was probably the lock of the week running them out of the gym and, Their defense is really good. So you have a good Iowa State defense versus a very mediocre to bad Iowa offense. But the Iowa defense, always steady. Uh, I I like this under. I'm sorry. I'm going under Iowa State, Iowa. I don't know where it sits now. I got it for 37. Yeah, I just pulled up the uh, the history of the Cy Hawk trophy, or as some people call it, El Asico. Uh, because it is always terrible football. Uh, The last 10 years, just going through it real quick, uh, 10-7. Uh, 27-17, 18-17 was a final, 13-3. Uh, one year they got spicy. It was 44-41 in overtime. Uh, then you have 20-17, 27-21, and 17-5, among other funny scores that are in the all-time Iowa State-Iowa history. So yes, bet the under on Iowa State-Iowa. And the reason you should do it is because the players on the team are also betting the under for the game. So <laughs> yes, they are. I like that. I wish I had a direct call uh, with some of these ISU players. It helped my help my budget out a lot. We'd be fixing some games together. But uh, let me give you one more play that I like on the money line. I think Ole Miss is pretty good, Kyle. I was not impressed with Tulane last Saturday. I think I think Ole Miss should be in a money line parlay. You're probably going to pay maybe 260 if I had to guess on that one. Uh, somehow find a way to put Ole Miss in a money line parlay as they travel down to New Orleans in a home game because we all know those Ole Miss fans are going to be down there and they're going to party in the Big Easy. Let's let's marry them with somebody. But I really like Ole Miss to take that one. 
Whether they cover the number could be a different story, but I like Ole Miss on the money line. Is this a neutral site game? I know you said it's in New Orleans. Are they playing it at Tulane's campus or are they playing it at the, um, the whatever, the Superdome? Mercedes Superdome. My guess mm-hmm. would be Tulane Stadium. Um, and they, they are. They're playing at Tulane Stadium. I just looked that up because it's a good point you make because Ole Miss would pack the Superdome. Uh, but they're not. They're playing at Tulane. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and, and feel good about this. Now, Tulane will score. And that's what scares me about taking Ole Miss minus seven and a half. But I kind of like I kind of like Ole Miss to emerge here. I don't know if Tulane's going to get many stops against this Ole Miss team. Ole Miss looked pretty good, not playing a really a real threat last last week. But quarterback play is solid. A lot of weapons returned on offense from last year. I'm all over Ole Miss. I just got to find a partner for Ole Miss tomorrow morning or tonight to marry them with in a money line parlay. Maybe it's Alabama. Maybe it is an all-SEC money line parlay. Another tricky game, Oregon-Texas Tech. I don't like Oregon traveling south against Texas Tech. It's going to be hot, Kyle. When you're in the Pacific Northwest, it's not hot, right? And this is a nasty place to play against a team that was up 17-0 against Wyoming and lost. Probably going to be a little feisty. Probably going to be a little upset, Texas Tech. It's going to be a Texas Tech small play at plus seven or nothing, not playing Oregon on the money line. Well, if you're looking for someone to uh, match up with your Ole Miss prediction, might I nominate your uh, your boys over at NC State? They got a home game against Notre Dame this weekend. Might this be a play for your guys at NC State? So it's a no play for me because I want to watch this game with no no. No action on the line. I want to uh, cheer for the Wolfpack. Don't want to cheer for them to lose by six. Don't want to cheer for them to lose the game outright and so forth. Uh, it's a big game. It's a big opportunity in Raleigh. Uh, Sam Hartman has not had great success against NC State when he was in Winston-Salem. So I give our, you know, we have that guy's number somehow. We've had some great games against Wake Forest. But overall, uh, this is a much more balanced Notre Dame team with a better defense than Wake Forest. So it does scare me. Um if I were to bet this game, there's no question I would bet Notre Dame uh, on the money line, and I probably would give you that parlay of Notre Dame Ole Miss. So that would probably be a good marriage for the running Rebels. Both road teams, but both teams are better than their home opponents. I just don't think we have, when I say we, NC State, have the depth like we've had in years past. We're unranked. We don't deserve to be ranked. Uh, I, I think our performance in, in stores Connecticut was probably about a C minus to a D plus offense. Couldn't really get things going. Defense was a little bit better than the offense, but no NC state is not as good as Notre Dame. Notre Dame blasted Navy on a neutral out in Europe. I don't think we blast Navy. Notre Dame did give me the Irish money line, but I'm not going to play it. All right, let's swing on over to the NFL real quick. Uh, any thoughts about week one coming up? Any of the big offseason conversations? Uh, even last night's game between Detroit and Kansas City, where Kansas City dropped, uh, according to the numbers I have here, 87 passes in that game that would have uh, ultimately led to them winning. Yeah, I kind of bought into the Sky Moore hype, and and I did this in, in, in uh, Daily Fantasy, and I put a prop bet on Sky Moore. Uh, that was really good. It was uh, over receptions. So um, we hit that pretty good. And, and that's just in dream world, right? Uh, I think it was the worst performance I've ever seen 
by a duo of wide receivers between Tony and Moore on a primetime stage. Sky Moore, I think I had him at over four and a half receptions. He had a 0.0. The big winner for me, though, Kyle, I had a good feeling about this one. For some reason, it was a really bad line by the books. Uh, Josh Reynolds, 24 and a half yards over the total. That, That ended very quickly. I think he hit that number right before halftime. So we got Reynolds over 24 and a half. And I did my typical split, and I think I deserved to win this, but we did not. I, I took the Lions big at plus five and a half, and I took the Kansas City Chiefs money line at minus two dollars. Didn't work out. I got the split, but uh, I feel like Kansas City, they should have won that game, but they didn't. They looked dysfunctional without Kelsey, and I think that Sky Moore and Tony, they'll be fine, but they need Kelsey in the lineup because Kelsey's going to get double teamed, and I don't. And those guys are fast, and they will not be stopped at times. I think KC is going to be fine, but they got a tough schedule against Jacksonville coming up. That's going to be interesting. I wasn't really big on the Detroit Lions hype coming out of the season. And then at this point, I feel like Detroit is is going to be a very good team this year. Like, I, I think they might, you know, speak it into existence. I think they might be able to win a playoff game this year. Just if I'm judging them against Kansas City being one of, if not the best teams in the NFL and how they performed against them. It feels like Detroit is able to hold their own against Kansas City, even if they lose that game eight out of 10 times that they play it. I feel like Detroit is actually going to be one of the four best teams in the NFC this year. And that wasn't something I thought coming into that game because offensively, they looked sound. Defensively, they did enough to get by. I think Detroit's going to be a probably top four team in the NFC this year. Well, I'm not going to argue that. I mean, they didn't really show their 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 all their poker hand in their cards with Gibbs, right? I mean, I think they took him out at some crazy moments. I don't think the guy played three straight downs. Uh, they also didn't have uh, Jamison Williams, right? So we have a team that has uh, a lot of weapons on offense, and the defense looked really sound last night. A pick six that nobody could have expected there. Obviously, that was lucky with a tip by Tony right into the hands of the defender. But I think the NFC North is going to be pretty good. I think it's better than the West. Um, I think it's better than the South. And I think that the, the last place team will still be an aggravating team to play at times, which is probably Chicago. We're going to find out who's better, Chicago or Green Bay, in 48 hours. But that's not an easy division to just capture six or seven wins in. So I don't know if Detroit can do it consistently. They've never proven they can. But this was a huge step for a team that has been traditionally terrible, terrible on the road. They have laid some eggs on the road the last 10 years that are undeniable. I mean, the, 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 what they did when they played New England back in whatever that was last year, week eight or nine, losing by 50-something points. You can't even explain that. But it didn't happen last night, and I got to give them credit. This team is definitely dangerous. Um, to say they are a top-four seed in the NFC – I think it's a fair argument. So we're, we're I'm excited to find out. I'm really excited to see what Minnesota does against Tampa as well. So what do you think about the Minnesota-Tampa game coming up this weekend? Yeah, a lot of, you know, it's crazy is that I feel like everybody is taking Minnesota in a survivor play. Everybody is on the Vikings, it just seems like, in general. But that line, it's not moving. I feel like that line is actually giving you some life to take Minnesota at minus five. I think it sits at minus five. I don't know if it opened at six and a half or six, but I I feel good about the Vikings, uh, more so on the money line. I feel like Baker Makefield somehow 
is going to absolutely make this game very difficult for the Vikings or make it super easy. Kind of no in between, right? So that number five, I wonder if it lands close to that. I kind of have a feeling that Baker wins this game potentially outright or loses by a last-second field goal or gets blown out. I don't just don't see this being a five- to seven-point game. Baker Mayfield typically can just really play awful football, which should give – if he does, should give Minnesota the easy cover. Right now, Kyle, I do not have Minnesota as a selection in Survivor. I do not have them in my playbook for a Moneyline parlay, but I would probably consider it as we get closer to kickoff. I typically do not bet the NFL unless I love something until about 11 to noon Eastern time on Sunday. It's funny that you mentioned that around Minnesota and the conversation with Detroit, because I've been saying for months now, you could tell me any team in the NFC North is is an eight and eight team this year. And I would believe you just every, every team in that division could go eight and eight. And I would absolutely believe it. So that creates a level of parity that when they play each other is going to be really interesting. And obviously, this first game of the season, the Packers play the Bears and the line for the game, depending on where you get it, is one point Bears, one point Packers, or even money right now. Uh, stay away from me. You know, we got we got we got a new quarterback. We got just just a lot of new stuff going on in Wisconsin that scares the heck out of me. I think the personnel on both sides of the ball are drastically favoring Green Bay, but that doesn't matter when you have a new guy at the helm. So let's see. You know, I would recommend to your listeners that want to bet this game to hold off and hit the live button. You know, mostly every book has a live button these days, right? And you can read the room. If you start seeing some good stuff uh, out of Jordan Love, maybe you get a great price of minus 160 in-game for Green Bay. Let's say they're up 7-3, but you see what's unfolding. The Green Bay defense has contained Fields, has contained Herbert, has contained more that's a possibility or it's vice versa where the, the the bears are just moving with ease and the packers can't do anything because their qb stinks so it's a hundred percent stay away from me kyle maybe the live market if anything who do you like for your survivor plays because i know last year you got really big into survivor you were one of the last people standing in one of your survivor leagues this week feels like a really tough one unless you want to bet on the go against the Cardinals every game this year and take the commanders. But wh- who do you yeah, look at I, for Survivor? I, yeah. So I'll, I'll kind of revisit this. I was uh, one of 19 people left and 3,777 people. I switched my Survivor play from the uh, New Orleans Saints against the Rams as a three-point favorite to the Giants to beat the Lions. Uh, Lions uh, Giants were favored by eight and a half, lost the game outright by about 20. Probably the worst decision I've ever made in wagering history. The good news is we don't know if I would have won the next week, survived the next week, or so forth. But uh, I did have a good year last year. I forecasted it well. Who knows what's going to happen this year? To answer your question, how many times are you going to feel comfortable using the Washington football commanders? The answer is probably maybe two or three times in this 17-week season. So I think Washington has to be has to be on your consideration. The problem with Washington is it's going to be the number one pick right so do you want to do you want to cheer for arizona and and watch so many people just crumble in your survivor pool that is a huge thing to have so if you don't want to go washington my recommendation would be seattle i think they're vastly better than la where are the points coming from without cooper cup 
Uh, if I assume Cooper Cup's not going to play. Um, Seems highly unlikely. Yeah, I think Seattle's my play there. Baltimore, I'll tell you, I- I'm pretty down on Baltimore. I think you can make an argument to get rid of them right now against Houston on the road. Houston's offensive line is atrocious. Baltimore is not that good to me. I just don't think I start. I don't see it. I don't see them doing much this year. I feel I feel like they're a ten and seven, nine and eight, eight and nine kind of team. So, you know, for me, I think Washington is the number one play. Even though they're not great, Arizona should be the worst team. But how many times have we seen a survivor pool week one or two just absolutely erode because of a team like Washington? who you're putting your faith in, lose outright to a bad team. It just happens all the time. So if you're afraid of that, I feel like Seattle's a good team and Washington's not a good team yet. Feel a little more comfortable with a shorter line. Maybe it's five and a half, six in in, in Seattle versus eight or so in D.C. Number one on the board is Washington for me. Two is Seattle. Three is Baltimore. Even though Baltimore has the initial highest line, you may want to save Baltimore down the road. I haven't looked at their schedule, but maybe they get another cupcake at home. I know none of the division games come through for Baltimore, but I I was thinking Baltimore too. It's just it's hard to take the teams that you feel confident are playoff teams. And I know you said you're a little bit down on Baltimore, you know, comparatively. And I, I think the Pittsburgh Steelers are going to be really good this year, like a 10-11 win team. So maybe Baltimore is the team that gets squeezed in that equation, but it it just it does feel hard to take away the good teams or the presumably good teams at the start of the season. Uh, that's why I was kind of thinking somewhere in the middle, like maybe the Falcons. But I understand not wanting to bet on Desmond Ritter too. I think you can make an argument for Atlanta. I mean, Carolina's secondary and defense are good, which scares me with Ritter. But what about the Carolina offense? Do you have any confidence in this in this new? offense uh, from from Carolina that really just hasn't really given me any excitement. Miles Sanders, a pretty good pickup in the backfield. Losing DJ Moore is devastating. Adam, I have a feeling no longer Thielen is there. I mean, come on. He's getting really old right now, and I just don't think he's the guy. I mean, he probably will be a safety net. Let me just say this. Thielen's going to be the safety net for Young, right? He'll probably be a very good daily fantasy starter because he's going to get you six for 60 probably every game feeling so let's just say that but where are the weapons for carolina i don't see it you want to go risky i like that play if anything was risky i'm not messing with the broncos yet i'm not riding with russ quite yet I, i don't like the saints titans game i don't know what to expect out of Carr. Yet, I, I just want to pass on that game, whether it's Survivor or Gambling. Give me the Falcons, as you just alluded to, as a super contrarian play that may just get the job done in the Peach State this Sunday. So anytime I see a line that's a little bit, you know, it kind of catches my eye because it's confusing. I like to get expertise from someone who may know a bit more. Um Dolphins and Chargers. One, the Chargers are three-point favorites at home in that game, but also they're the highest over-under of the weekend by a significant amount. Like They're sitting at 51.5, and, and I think the next closest is 46.5 in the Jaguars-Colts game. So you see something like that. What do you think about 
the line being so much in favor of they're going to score a ton of points and the Chargers being three-point favorites when I might have gone Dolphins as favorites even on the road. Well, the Dolphins' offensive line is really bad, right? So can they hold up and score enough points for that game to travel over the total? That's my biggest fear with these high totals is do you have an offensive line that can sustain the pressure that's going to come from the L.A. Chargers? You're going to have to score a lot of points. If I remember correctly, you'll have to let me know. Sinai football, the Chargers squeak out the win over Miami, I believe, towards the end of last season. Did that did that number go over the total? Do you have those? Uh, do you have that box score for us? Because I, I would probably stay away from the total, but I'd be curious to see where it landed last year. I just remember that Miami had so many chances to score, and then their offense would collapse inside, you know, the red zone or inside the thirty-five after a long sack, a mishap. It's just one of those things where that line is terrible. They don't have a great running game. So they're going to throw the ball a lot, which could lead to points because, you know, the, the clock will not bleed when you're not running as much. But how do you protect Tua? That, that's the biggest concern I have. And I, I don't like the game. I think if anything, you know, I would probably look at he's in this game either side. So if you can make L.A. plus three and a half as part of a teaser or Miami teased up to nine and a half, I kind of like that. I do believe in NFL teasers, Kyle. I just think you have to be smart about them. You have to really look at, you know, who is in a position to to either cover the number as a huge dog by teasing up. Good example for that. I mean, I, I think the Jets-Bills game is going to be really close. And I think as long as you get over the key number of seven, I probably would consider New York at plus eight or eight and a half in a teaser. Maybe an AFC East teaser. I think the LA-Miami game and the Jets-Bills game are probably going to be super tight. And so that's where I like teasing dogs all the way up past the key number of seven. I don't like teasing favorites unless it's it's past the key number of three. So it's a, it's a weird play, LA under, LA over. I, I suggest staying off of, off of that number. So to answer your question from last year, uh, week 14, Dolphins versus Chargers, Sunday Night Football, the final score was 23-17, which would only be 40 way under, points. Way under. Yeah, and that's exactly what happened last year was you had chances by the Miami Dolphins on countless occasions, and they just could not figure it out. They just could not figure out pass protection, and it just bothered me so much watching that game because I did have the Chargers money line, I'm, I'm, and I'm watching that game, and I'm saying, the Dolphins are going to blow them out. But yet they would just completely trip on their own feet inside the 30, which was great for me. But I felt like I was dodging a bullet every drive or every other drive. So uh, I I say stay away from the total, maybe tease the Dolphins up. Because if you look at the matchup, the Dolphins lost by six points last year, Kyle. And you have to go back to the personnel, very similar personnel than than last year. Dolphins should have won that game outright. If you can get them all the way up to eight and a half or nine on a teaser, you're probably going to be in good shape on Sunday afternoon. Last question I have for you. It's the game I'm most curious about this week. 49ers and Steelers. 49ers are two and a half right now as favorites, and the over-under is only 41 and a half going into that game. I think the 49ers right now are minus, uh, let's see, minus 130 on the money line. Steelers are plus 120. What do you make of that game? I think the big stigma five, six, seven years ago was 
West Coast teams can't travel to 1 p.m. on the East Coast. I don't buy into that narrative now because if you look at the sample size of the last five years, I think they're winning at a 65 to 68 percent clip. The travel of these of these teams is so luxurious. The recovery time they're bringing in Norma Tex, they're bringing in they're going to get cryotherapy at local different. I mean, they have it all right. There's no reason to be concerned about travel anymore. With that being said, the better team is San Francisco. Would I bet the college fund on the Niners money line? No, but I'm not taking Pittsburgh here. And I'll probably put pizza money on the Niners money line. And I'm okay losing that bet because I feel like the Niners are vastly better than Pittsburgh. I think this number six and a half on a neutral. As long as the Niners defense travels well out east, they're going to win the game, in my opinion. Give me the Niners money line. Anything under 150 is a really good value. That is Razor Rosenthal. You can check out his Twitter. It's linked in the description of this episode. He's got all sorts of fun content. Uh, obviously, you've been following the U.S. Open, uh, and we have a final. I, I left in the middle of the uh, second set, but I, did Madison Keys end up winning the second semifinal yesterday? She did not. She lost in no. a heartbreaker. She won the first set 6-0. And loses seven six seven six total destruction for uh, the the American Maddie Keys. Uh, it's going to set up a heck of a final between Sabalenka and Coco Golf. I think the price tag is even money minus one ten for each lady. I don't even know which direction to go there, but what a match! We have two semifinals tonight: Djokovic, Shelton, Alcaraz versus Medvedev. It's just good tennis. It's a really exciting final four uh, for the men, and I think probably the best ladies final in a long time. These two women are playing serious tennis. And I think most of us here listening to your podcast are probably from this country of the United States. So we got to pull for Coco. What a tremendous opportunity for the 20 year old. Yeah. And it, I, when I left, cause I had it on the, at work on the second TV between the, the football game and it was six zero. And I want to say it was three, two in favor of Madison keys in the second set at that point. So I was thinking, Oh, that's cool. She's going to win and all that. And then obviously it didn't go a her little way. bit, a little bit of a gag, a little bit of a gag by Maddie keys. It would have set up an all American final at the U S open. What else can you ask for? But it did not help happen. It's the number one player in the world, Arena Sabalenka versus number four, Coco Goff. As far as live ranking goes, I think Coco's now four. Sabalenka has emerged ahead of Iga Sviatek, and Sabalenka, win or lose, is the number one player in the world. And there you go. Razor Rosenthal also knows tennis, and you can get his tennis expertise on his Twitter as well. Uh, we'll talk to you again soon, Razor. Thank you so much for joining us once again here on the show. Yeah, let's do it soon. Good luck to everybody listening. Have a uh, great weekend. It's going to be fun watching uh, NFL football all day on Sunday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.